Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, worship team. Would you give them a hand? I want to know how many of you were at Dance Marathon this weekend? Yeah, let's hear it. Let's hear it. How about how many of you were at the women's basketball game? What an amazing weekend. And now here we are, the Monday before spring break. We are hanging in there and, I, and we have these precious moments. So wherever you have come from, the rain, the craziness, the tiredness from this weekend, we're glad that you're in this place and space. And so I want to introduce to you my friend, Kanaya Houston. She is freshman from Chicago. She is, has become a dear friend. And uh, she's a major, her major is secondary education going to teach English someday, a woman after my own heart. <laughs> and um, she's going to read the word of the Lord. So would you welcome her? John 17, 20 through 21 and 24. My prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message, that all of them may be one. Father, just as you are in me and I am in you. Father, I want those who have given me to be with me where I am and to see my glory, the glory you have given me because you loved me before the creation of the world. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thank you. Thank you. What Kaniya just read is a portion of John 17. John 17 comes to us at the end of Jesus's um, upper room discourse with the disciples. He's been spending his last few moments with the disciples in John 13 all the, all the way through John 17. And it really, it's his farewell message. Um, it has been his last lecture, so to speak, his final word. And all of that culminates in John 17 with an amazing prayer. At this point, the disciples have had the unique privilege, the honor, of following Christ and living with him and, and walking with him, being with him for three years. He, Jesus has defended them, loved them, protected them, encouraged them, but now he's moving into a new stage. He's not going to be with them physically anymore. He is going to the cross, and there's important things that he wants to communicate right before he heads to the cross. And so then, at the end of this teaching, the teaching time together, Jesus prays. And that's John 17. It's an, an incredible passage. I encourage you to read the whole chapter sometime today. Set aside a moment to read John 17 and just bask in this prayer. It's Jesus' longest prayer that's recorded in Scripture. And it's in less than 24 hours, he will be arrested. He will be falsely accused, unlawfully tried, brutally beaten, and ultimately crucified. The events that lead up to the cross will unfold in shocking detail soon, and Jesus does what only makes sense. He prays. And so in John 17, we tread on holy ground as Jesus prays for himself, and then he prays for his disciples, and then he prays for all believers. And that's where we're gonna land today. We're gonna land on this amazing fact that of all the things that Jesus could have been thinking about on this day, the day before he goes to the cross, he was thinking of you. You were on Jesus's mind that day. When we get to these verses that Kenia just read for today, we hear Jesus praying for all believers. Jesus is thinking and praying for you in the moments before he heads to the cross. 
As Jesus prays in John 17, he prays not only for his current disciples, who he's just been with in the upper room and he's possibly on the way to the garden right now, but for all of those who would come to know him, all of those who would hear the message that the disciples had to share with others. And he prays for things. He prays for your security, for your joy, for your unity, for your future glory. And then in verse 24, in verse 24, he prays for you to be with him. And that's where I really wanna to land today. He prays this, is, can I just read? Father, I, won't, I want those you have given me to be with me where I am and to see my glory and the glory you have given me because you love me before the creation of the world. We see, of course, Jesus' great love for his father, but don't miss his great love for you. What does it mean? What does that mean that Jesus wants to be with you? He wants you to be with him. One thing Jesus is certainly talking about is how he wants to be with you in eternity. He wants believers to be with him in heaven. He wants his own to be enjoying that space for all eternity. And at our death, believers will finally see him in all his glory and experience that perfect communion. But I don't think Jesus means that he just is thinking about heaven at this point. It's not just about what is to come someday. I believe we're in the already and the not yet in this passage. I believe we can begin to experience being with Jesus already now through the presence of his Holy Spirit. And so what does that look like to you? What does that look like at Hope College on a Monday before spring break? You're tired, you probably have a million things to do. I just don't think that Jesus is only saying someday, someday in heaven. I think through his spirit, we get to be with Jesus now. So what does that mean? Well, just thinking about Jesus, where do we find Jesus? I kind of ponder the Gospel of John, and, and you think Jesus is at celebrations. The first time, one of the first times we see Jesus, he's at a wedding. Jesus is in hard conversations. He's preaching, he's teaching at the synagogue. Jesus is at the table. Jesus loves to sit down and eat with his friends. Jesus is in the mess. <laughs> he chooses people who get mixed up and make a lot of mistakes. I'm thankful he chooses people like that, like me. Jesus is in the service of others. He cares for the poor, he feeds the hungry, he heals the sick, he washes the feet. Jesus is in the battle. He goes head to head with Satan and he is the victor every time. Jesus is on the cross. He willingly takes on our sin and dies for us. And then Jesus is the resurrection. He doesn't stay in the grave. He is the victory and the truth everlasting. So Jesus is a lot of places, right? He's actually not hard to find. In fact, he is the one pursuing you. Sometimes we have this idea like, oh, I, I should want to be with Jesus or I should be with him. And just to flip that, that Jesus longs to be with you. That this is the where this passage comes from. That Jesus wants you to be with him, not just someday, but now in your everyday life, in your celebrations, in your heartaches, in your meal times, in your messing up times, in your hopes, in your dreams, in your vocational calling that you still feel this pressure to figure out, in your efforts to make an impact on, your camp, on this campus, in your going to class, in your accidentally sleeping in and not going to class, in your Sunday worship, but also 
in your Friday night, Saturday night plans, when you go home and when you return to Hope's campus in the joys and the pain, Jesus wants you to be with him. You were made to be with him. That's where that longing for belonging comes from. It's in every single one of our hearts, and sometimes we try to fill it in all sorts of ways. And yet Jesus says here, and hear him say, I want you. I'm choosing you. I want you to be with me. And for what purpose? So that the world would believe and that we would see his glory. So what does that mean to be really with Jesus for you? What does that look like on Hope's campus? I guess that's what I want you to leave thinking about today. I think one of the ways is it means that we're gonna make time for him. He is showing us we need to make time for him and one way to do that is in prayer. He's demonstrating prayer. And prayer can be just this mysterious thing. Sometimes it's the first thing that falls away in our Christian walk and yet it's this beautiful gift, a lifelong intimate conversation. It's what you see Jesus doing. It's what he invites you to do. It's a conversation, it's communion, it's unity with the triune God. It's talking to God. It doesn't have to be fancy. It doesn't have to be special words. It's just responding. We pray to God the Father, that's how Jesus taught us to pray, through the Son who established and made it so that we come to the throne of grace and in the power of the Holy Spirit who directs our thoughts. And so like Christ, we lay down our desires knowing in confidence that he hears and he is there. Someday, being with Jesus is going to look like total, beautiful, complete joy, total understanding. All believers will finally see him in all his glory. But for now, being with Jesus looks like your normal life. And I actually think that is the point. I think we can look for those sacred moments. And I actually think maybe every moment is sacred. The disciples found themselves in unexpectedly sacred places with Jesus. They didn't always get what was going on, but they got to hang out with Jesus. They got to ask him questions and get closer to him. And you can too. There's actual beautiful gift, life-giving freedom in a disciplined pursuit of God. Pursuit of the God that has already pursued you. So bring your doubts, bring your questions, your concerns, bring your broken dreams, your frustrations, bring your joyous 24-hour dance marathon self, bring your quiet sadness, whoop, (laughs) bring your quiet sadness when stuff has gone wrong or doesn't work out. Bring your big win, but also bring your hidden loss. Bring it all to Christ, because he wants you to be with him. Spend time in his word, spend time in prayer, and ask Jesus, what does it mean to be with you today? Be ready for something. Someday every believer will see Jesus in all his glory, but today you might just get a glimpse of glory in a sacred moment, in a sacred place. So today, go in peace, but keep your eyes and heart open. Go in peace. See ya.